You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Paragold, a church committed to making the real Jesus known to every man, woman, and child. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagold.com. This morning, this is a curveball for everybody, but we're going to hit this curveball out of the park. So it's going to be it's going to be a hanging curve. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to put crush it. So this is what's happened. You guys know that uh, July, Adam and Jared take a break from the preaching ministry of our church, right? And it's not that they are just uh, taking the whole month off. They just use the 15 hours a week that it goes into preparing a sermon to plan for next year and where God is leading our church uh, over the our, our our fiscal year runs August to September. So we begin in Jan- uh, July preparing for the next year. So that's what they're, uh, they spend this month doing. And so we have guest preachers that come in and fill the pulpit for us each week. Well... Chuck Jaswin was supposed to be our filler this week. And uh, most of you guys don't know this. I would assume you don't. But that family, I, we can't begin to tell you the integral part they had in planting fellowship. Because they were, he was the pastor at Fellowship Jonesboro who sent us out to plant Fellowship Paragool. And he has as much invested in this church as anyone does. Well, this week he came down sick, had to spend some time in the ER, and is still suffering some complications from that. So we got a even more special treat this morning. Many of you, many of you know that Janelle and Evan and Katie just came back from a mission trip, uh, overseas. So they're going to come share with us this morning. They're going to share a couple things. They're going to share where the heck did they go and what the heck did they do? <laughs> where did, who they were serving and what God did through them as they were serving there and what God did to them, and what God wants to do to us this morning. So as they come up here, would you just clap and welcome them very graciously this morning? Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be an interview. This is great. (laughs) This is awesome. So let's pray for them, and then uh, let's enjoy and hear with open hearts what the Spirit would say to us this morning. Father, we are so thankful that you are a God who loves people and who saves people and rescues them from the domain of darkness and into your presence. You make enemies your children, and we are thankful for people that has been raised in our church, raised through our church that have a desire to see the nations come to you because that's your heart. And we ask this morning that each of our hearts, spirit, you would prick and you would uh, open up to, to, to just your glorious love and your desire for humanity to come to know you. And so we trust, Spirit, that you are working in us, and we are thankful for this morning. We are thankful that we get to hear from these ladies. And we are thankful for the work you're doing in Paragul, in our state, in our country, and beyond. So continue the, your work to make your name famous. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Luke. And uh, hey, so my name's Adam, if I haven't met you, and I'm on staff here with Fellowship. It's so good to be here with you this morning. I'm glad you're here. Um, thank you, ladies. 
for uh, for coming and sharing your heart with us this morning. I'm just going to ask you some questions, and we'll uh, pass the mic around, and you guys can share with us um, all about your trip. Uh, again, like like Luke said, what God did through you, what God did in you, and what He wants to do in us this morning. So let me just let's just start with the basics. Um, why don't you guys tell us where you went? Uh, tell us uh, what you were doing there. Who did you serve? What needs were you meeting? Can we start there? All right, let's start there. Okay, so we went to Jinja, Uganda. It's in the center of Africa. And um, we kind of partnered up with Soul Hope Ministries where they deal with the jigger removal. And I don't know who listened to the sermon last week, but he was saying how in other countries, if something was to go wrong with you physically, they just say everything is um, God-related. So these people, they have jiggers and they are outcast because they think that something something's wrong with them. So um, we were there to help to try to show that this isn't, God didn't do this to them, that this is just a bug. It could happen to anybody. And uh, we've got some photos that we'll show in a little bit to show you what a jigger is and how it's removed. But we just went there to help and to shed some light on this situation that they've made very dark. Um, anything you want to add? Anybody else ever removed a jigger? Does anybody have a jigger in your feet right now? Because these ladies are pros <laughs> at removing them. That's awesome. Hey, tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, how you encountered God there. Uh, what did you see God do while you were there um, in the lives of, of these kids and these people? Um, and, and before we move to you guys, let's just start there. What, how did you see God move? How did you encounter his mercy, his grace, his power, his presence Talk to us about that a little bit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> whenever we, um, you know, met with these people and really got to know them, um, we just experienced a, a deeper joy than uh, what we could have expected. We knew that we would we'd find joy there, but it was it was almost like a joy in the brokenness and um i know that physically these people needed help um you know health wise it was it was pretty bad for them there were many kids who were malnourished um and you know infection and that that type of thing however i felt that god's presence was on us showing us that there's more beauty in the brokenness and i know that we know that here but there it was they had nothing like they had nothing at all and so you just saw the people truly come together as a community to to help with the brokenness and in that we saw god's presence we saw what the gospel really means um that that's what jesus does to us and i know like i said i know that we know those things but to actually be I feel like here it's more of like a mental struggle and there it's definitely a physical and mental struggle because here we do have help for our physical problems. Um, but there they don't have that. So they literally depend on their neighbors. They literally depend on people and God bringing people together to have a heart to help others. And so to me, God just showed me that that brokenness is not ugly. Like, infection is not necessarily ugly. It's only ugly if we let it be ugly and we don't do anything about it. So 
to see these people love one another and care about one another and take time. Time there, like, honestly stood still sometimes because they're not in a rush. Like, they, they want to help their, their neighbor. They literally want to help. They want to stop what they're doing. They want to plan their day around helping their neighbor. And, and that was just beautiful to us. So that's something I feel that um, we can bring back here just to stop and remember those things, that, that it's our neighbor who's important. It's important for us to literally love our neighbor in every way possible. And I know that that's difficult. That's still something we're learning to um, I know that as a church, like our community, we are there for one another, but we're still extremely busy and life just, it's just the American way. And, and there, it was just so beautiful to see the broken truly taken care of. And it's just, it was wonderful. So that's what presence we felt from God for sure. Awesome. Did you guys have pictures that you want to kind of talk through? You want to, you want to start working through those and kind of telling us, uh, what we're looking at and and uh, what this means. Okay. Um, well, life cycle of a jigger. This was actually posted up in the outreach house, which um, they do a clinic once a week, and they just go out into the villages or into a uh, school and um, just kind of gather up all the children that need jiggers removed and help them out. We'll show some pictures of that later, but. While they're doing that, they don't want to just help their feet. They want to let them know why and it, that they're not cursed and that this isn't um, something being put on them because of their past or their ancestors, but that it's just a bug. It's a, it's a flea that starts out as um, just a larva. Then it goes, it turn, once it turns into an adult little flea, it gets into your skin, typically in their feet because they don't have shoes. And uh, once it gets in there, burrows deep enough, it lays a egg sac that's real, real gross. And then, but that has to get out. And a lot of times they don't know that they're there. They don't know what's going on. Their feet itch some, but that's it. And um, so if they don't get those egg sacs out, infection happens. They could lose feet. They could lose hands. They could lose legs. So I'm going to go to the next one. Um, they start out with um, a razor blade, and they kind of take off the calloused dead skin over the top because most of their feet are calloused, and they just um, kind of open up that egg sac a little bit and go to the next. And then with uh, safety pins, they use a, safety, each, a new safety pin on each person, and they pull out. And I know you can't hardly see it there, but that's, that's a jigger that's pulling it out, and you can tell by his other toes that he's had quite a few. I think this was... Um, yeah, that was Wilbur, and he was fresh that day. They actually went out, heard about him, and went out and sent somebody to go and get him and bring him back because they knew that he was struggling. And he had an actual uh, mini men mental handicap. That's why he had um, he just didn't know how to take care of himself. Um, that's typical shoes that they've made out of um, tires. Yeah, and you can tell he's been wearing those quite some time. They don't fit, but he's trying. That he's a, he was a boy at the outreach house where we got to love on the kids. And he had his nails painted. We painted toenails and fingernails and everybody. didn't matter who you were. They wanted their nails painted. It was just so beautiful. Um, here, if you want to talk about the clinic side. Okay, this is the clinic set up at the school. <clears throat> uh, first, they, the kids would come in one by one, and they each had um, a piece of paper with them that had a picture of feet on it. 
Um, it had their name, their information. Um, and here, like we said, jiggers, if you have jiggers, you're, it's sort of like I would compare it almost to head lice here, how we think, you know, wrongfully people are, are like thought to be dirty or thought to be um, cursed, like Janelle said, you know, and so they're, it's, they don't want people to know they have them. Um, so they would come in um, with this sheet. We would wash their feet, um, start that station. The next station, um, <clears throat> they would go where they, the people are set up on the other side with the, the pails. Um, they would go and have their feet looked at, inspected for jiggers. You know, some might have one or two. Some might have none. Some might have, did a little boy have like 40-something or yeah, that? Um, and so then they would remove those, get them all bandaged up, um, and then they would go to the next one. Did you put yeah, feet in the next one? This is their classroom there. Whenever this is, um, this is on the other side of the room that we were um, doing the this clinic set up. So that's a typical school classroom where the the teachers teach them. Um, and this is where the shoes are made at the Soul Hope House. There's just a couple of rooms where the men um, they make them out of tires, jeans, and what else was it that they're, I think that's, okay, okay, they use, they use every, everything they can, um, they recycle everything they can, they don't have a lot, so, so they make, they make use of everything, which was pretty awesome, they don't throw anything away, um, and this is inspection at the clinic of, of feet, I think this particular child didn't have any, so that was good. Um, and this is, she has her little sheet with her um, that her, you know, has a picture of the feet. And the, those are so they can keep up with how many jiggers they have. So if they have, you know, they have left and right foot. And so they would just put a dot wherever there was a jigger that was removed. That way, if they did need um, more care, the kids who had several, the outreach house would come back and pick them up and take them to the outreach home so they could be cared for closely watched um and if they when they have so many on their feet it's difficult to get them all at one time so they would check them in another week to see if they had more and remove them if needed and then if they were healing fine then they could they could go back home in two weeks so and this these are the kids who were at the outreach house I want to go back. they have their nails painted they have their bracelets on we made bracelets too and look at their beautiful smiles they're just amazing they're just so happy, so happy, and they play, and they just, they're just content. This is Juliana. She was one of the sweethearts. She's so, so beautiful. Um, and there were so many other kids. This was where we played Duck, Duck, Goose for at least an hour, <laughs> and they loved it. Um, of course, there's a language barrier, so we had to, um, you know, kind of, help them out and figure it out, but they learned really quick, and then they just had a blast. They just ran all over the place. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, they have a hard time having the kids wear their shoes because they're so used to not wearing them, and that's, that goes along with education, though. 
they just need to be educated that these are worn for a reason. Keep them on your feet so, you know, you don't get more infection. And it's just kind of a process for them. So, um, and this is Fopiano. He's, he's a little guy that I fell in love with. He's actually five years old. He looks to be about maybe one or two. He can't walk. Um, and he had, he has, along with the malnourished, um, he had a severe ear infection. He just, he, he was very sick the first day that we went. And then the, the more days that we stayed, he got better. Um, he started to laugh and smile and, um, you know, talk with the other kids. He was just, he was the one I really wanted to bring home with me, but. And <laughs> um, this is a little hut. Um, this was typical house, but it was on the school grounds that we were at. This was close to the, the playground. Um, so uh, they, they had the schoolhouse, a couple different ones, and then they had homes and people um, there. And they because a lot of them were just sticks and mud. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a nice, nice home. Yeah. And they had um, just cows randomly out in the middle of the playgrounds. So you had to watch out and not get kicked by a cow. Um, this was right outside the school, the road going up to the school. This little boy, he actually does go to school. That's a uniform. He's got the shirt of the uniform on. But the house in the back, it, that's a house. Um the other building is part of the school, I believe. And these, we all went to the Nile with the kids. The outreach house took all the kids on a field trip to the Nile River. So we got to join in. This is the first time the kids saw the Nile. It's the first time, of course, we saw the Nile. And it was all just a really fun, fun time. The kids loved it. Yeah. This is um, a woman in one of the villages. Um, she was just standing there with her baby, and Janelle had gotten out. She was going to get some food and took a picture of her, and she just laughed. She loved seeing herself. Um, but the smile on her face when she would laugh was just it was beautiful. She and just loved common. it. That's what everybody looked like. Nobody was down in the dumps. Everybody was smiling. They were all smiling. This little boy, um, actually, his toy that he has in his lap is a mango juice um, box with it was tied to a string, and that's what he was carrying along with him on the street as his toy. He was playing with it. The the bags in the background. His mother was not there at this time. Um, I'm not sure where she had gone, but um, I believe it's probably stuff she's picking up off the side of the road to just make you know a few extra cents. This is Samuel. He was one of the kids at um, Arise. Arise, Arise Talents. It's um, the man who started this. His name is Dixon, and he actually lost his parents at a young age. His father had taught him how to paint, and he had wanted God to use him and use his talents to give back to his community. So he, he asked God, and God actually gave him a dream. He said, you know, you can paint, use your talents to give back to your community and helping people learn how to paint and give them skills. Because there, if you don't have a skill, something as small as painting, like this is how Dixon lived. He sold his paintings. So he, he could live. He paid himself through school that way. Um, and so he 
God told him to do the same and to help orphans, to give them a skill in painting or making bracelets. Um, they did a couple other things, but so Dixon, there were, there were several children at this house. It was a very small home, but you know, everybody there was very happy and joyful again. Um, and they painted, and this is one that Samuel did. Yeah, Katie has it. This is everybody there, all of the kids. That's the last picture? Okay. Um, I'm going to give this back to you for the... Okay. Um, y'all are probably at the video right now. Awesome. No, you're good. You're good. Um, hey, so uh, just uh, as we get ready to kind of bring this to a close, uh, why don't you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put each of you on the spot, so don't shoot me for this, uh, but why don't each of you just take a, a minute or so just to summarize for us, uh, you, you've kind of told us what God did through you and how you encountered him. Tell us personally what this meant for you, um, just each of you, what did God do in you and to you through this experience? actually journaled we all journaled a lot while we were there and i just want to read one of my journal entries i think it's better than me trying to wing this it's not very long uh it's july and ginger it's still and everyone's working but they're not stressed or frantic they're happy and smiling and always asking how are you every morning the dogs bark, the rooster crows, someone is weed-eating close by, large birds are loud, sounding like monkeys, my, but my brain is clear, and I can hear my thoughts. I don't feel, or I'm not able to, made feel like I'm lazy or unproductive, unproductive, as I simply sit here and soak it all in. I'm not focused on what all has to happen today or tomorrow. I'm not worried about what all didn't happen yesterday. I'm fully here right now, and I can feel God with me. Here, he isn't something we make time for, like back home. He's present, and we welcome him in instead of saying, okay, but you only get me from 5.15 to 5.30. I'm dreading coming home. I know that sounds awful, but I was. I'm dreading coming home. It breaks my heart how I've treated Jesus. I don't want the busyness of the life waiting on me in the States to drown out the presence of my Savior. I come across this verse and found comfort. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29:13. Father, keep me focused on you and not on this world. When life gets hectic, let me see you as my only oasis. There It's like they were on a different time schedule. Like nobody was rushed. Nobody African times what we kept calling it, yeah. Like nobody's pushing you to do more. Nobody's saying, "Why haven't you got all this accomplished?" You don't, what you've done is enough. And I don't know, I think it kind of helped us all realize that God is enough. Like we don't, we don't have to have a certain job or certain clothes or anything to just have Jesus. And those people let us realize that. Pretty much. I said each of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with what Janelle said completely. The, the biggest thing we took back from it was how beautiful 
you know, true brokenness can be, and then, and then time, and, and all of that goes together, I feel like, so. Okay, so for me, I don't think, I kept telling them I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I didn't have, like, I saw the brokenness, and it, like, broke my heart, but not like them. Like, they were like, we'll move here. And I was like, there's no way I'd live here. Like, ain't no way. And I kept, like, I need my babies. Like, I had 17 meltdowns, and I was like, look, I'm not supposed to be here. She's never been away from her kids. Ever. Um, And I just don't do that. And so I think, though, like, God showed me, and they helped me see. Like, I was almost making it where my kids needed me, not God. And so when I was, and I needed them, not God. And so when I was across the ocean and I couldn't, like they said, if I was like doing a mission in the United States, I'd have got in my car and went home. And so I couldn't do that. So I had to face that and I had to realize that like all I need is God. And like he got me through that. There's no way I didn't eat for 12 days. I didn't, like it was bad. And I mean, I I enjoyed it. I'm glad I went, and I prayed on the plane on the way home. God, don't ever send me there again, please. Like, (laughs) I had the experience that I needed again. I learned. So I think he just helped me see that he's what I need. I need to show my girls him because one day I may not be here. And that, okay. (laughs) It's great, Katie. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys so much for um, for sharing your heart with us. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple things, and uh, and 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 we'll move into a time of communion. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Just just to show your affirmation and encouragement of them, would you give them another round of applause? Yeah, hey, I'll, I do want to thank you guys, and I want to thank your husbands for letting you go on this trip, and uh, I want to thank you for uh, modeling for us what it looks like to trust and treasure Jesus enough to actually take up your cross and follow him in this, in this mission of his to go and to make disciples. Um, you could have come up with a thousand excuses. I could have come up with 10,000 excuses why not to go on this mission. Uh, not having all the details figured out, not knowing where the financial support's going to come from, uh, being thousands of miles outside of my comfort zone. Uh, but instead of that, you guys paid attention to what the Spirit of Jesus was doing. And I think for me, as, as I listen to you guys up here, that's the biggest thing I feel like God's doing in my heart, is uh, I am so, you know, I preached on this recently, and just so you know, I'm shoulder to shoulder with you uh, when I'm preaching, like I'm not coming from a top-down place. I'm so addicted to this, and I'm so addicted to noise and distraction that I wonder how often I can actually pay attention to what the Spirit of God is saying. And uh, that's what I hear from you guys is they're on a different, it's a different planet. They're, they're paying attention. They're in tune with God's presence. They're not addicted to distraction the way we are addicted to distraction and busyness and consumption and consumerism and the American dream and all of that stuff. And so... You guys, man, were paying attention to what the Spirit of God was calling you to do, and then you trusted Him, and you listened and obeyed, and you followed His voice. And, uh, and as I thought about you guys going on this mission, I kept coming back to Paul's words in Romans 10, where he quotes Isaiah, and he says, "...how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news." 
Uh, I think it's powerful to think about how, as you guys went to Uganda to treat and to heal their feet, God was looking at your heart and God was looking at your feet, and he says they're beautiful. Because everywhere you go, you carry with you the good news of Jesus, and you guys went there and you, you demonstrated and you declared the good news of Jesus. I, had, I woke up this morning and the thought just struck me. You, know, you, you did not just bring good news to the soles of their feet, but you brought good news to their souls, literally. Because you went and you showed them and you shared with them the good news of all the love that God has for them in Jesus. And uh, the reason why we're so proud of them and why we supported them as a church is because this is what, we, this is what we're called to give our lives to. As a church, we're passionate about the good news of Jesus Christ um, our passion is to make the real Jesus known, not only in the city of Paragould, but to the nations. And we long to see, the, uh, uh, to see every man, woman, and child in Paragould and beyond have a daily encounter with the real Jesus in word and in deed. And if you're in this room this morning and you are a disciple of Jesus, that's the mission of God that you've been called and invited into. So this is not just something for you guys to go and do or something for paid professional pastors to go and do. But uh, this is what Jesus says about his disciples in Acts 1.8. He says that if you're a Christian, you've been given his spirit and you're sent in the power of his spirit to go and to be his witness throughout the world. And then he says it like this in Acts 13.47. He says, I've made you a light for the Gentiles. That's the Greek word for nations that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That you, you, we are God's plan to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Isn't that amazing? All throughout the scriptures you see God's heart for the world, for the nations to be saved and reconciled to himself through the personal work of Jesus. And God says over and over in the scriptures, the way I'm going to accomplish this plan and the way I'm going to accomplish this mission is I'm going to make your feet beautiful and I'm going to put my spirit in you, and I'm going to send you in my authority and the power of my spirit to go and to demonstrate and to declare the life-transforming power of the gospel of Jesus. So I think, man, a question I find myself asking this morning is who in my life needs good news? And who doesn't need good news? I know that I need good news. Who is God stirring you and calling you to go and to be good news for them and to share the good news of Jesus with them? Uh, my prayer, Jared's prayer, I know Luke's prayer, is that we would be a church full of people with beautiful feet uh, because the gospel is such good news to us that we literally can't contain it. And it spills out of us everywhere we go, throughout our city, throughout our region, throughout our state, throughout this country, and beyond. Uh, and let me just say this and I'll close. Um, our primary motivation for bringing good news is the fact that we have first received good news. We have received, I have good news for you this morning. We've received good news. Um, we're told in, in John three sixteen and 17, which is probably the most famous passage in all of Scripture, this is what God says to us. It says, uh, for God so loved the world, that includes you and me, that includes uh, every person in Paragul, that includes the nations. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Get this, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so here we see the missionary heart of God. When God looks at us this morning, or when he looks at the, the world that he created, he sees that something's wrong, something is broken. 
And the Bible says that's because of this thing called sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each one of us has rebelled against our creator, and we have exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and we have worshiped the uh, creation over the creator. And therefore, the Bible says, hey, man, we, we deserve the justice and the wrath of God. But here's the good news, the most amazing news in all the universe. God looks at us, and his heart is filled with, John 3.16 says, love and compassion. And so when God looks at us and he sees us in that kind of helpless and hopeless state, he doesn't leave us there, but he sends us Jesus. And Jesus is the ultimate missionary who left the comforts of heaven, his eternal home, to bring good news to a lost and broken and dying world. And the good news is that Jesus lived the life that you and I failed to live He lived a sinless life in perfect obedience to the Father. And Jesus died the death that we deserve to die. He bore the wrath of God in our place. Um, He paid the price for our sins so that whoever believes in him, John 3.16 says, whoever would trust in him and surrender their hearts and lives to him would, uh, would, would not perish, would not be destroyed by the power of sin, but instead would have eternal life in a relationship with a God who created them and loves them. And so here's what that means for us. That means uh, whoever you are this morning, wherever you come from, whatever it is that you've done, uh, the, the forgiveness and the freedom and the good news that you long for is not found in a change of your circumstances. It's not found in, uh, in self-improvement and in behavior modification and in doing better and trying harder. It's uh, the good news you long for is not found in uh, more stuff and having more security, more financial stability. It's not found in, in uh, getting out of debt, as liberating as that could possibly be. The good news you long for is not found in more accomplishments and more achievements and more accolades or the approval of, of other people. It's not found in popularity and prestige and power and all of that stuff. The the good news and the freedom and the joy that you long for is found only in the person of Jesus. The God who created you, the God who loves you, the God who pursued you, and the God who has given his very life to purchase uh, your redemption.